Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David takes a look at sacrifice and friendship as we celebrate the weekend of Memorial Day. I want to begin with a story of a man named Joseph Simboli. You see, he enlisted in the army at the age of 17 and then was immediately sent overseas during World War II. And like so many people, who went to that war, he didn't share what had happened with his friends or his family for many, many years, until the age 94, when he decided to share a little bit. Now, he'd written down a lot of reflections, of, of thoughts, of his time overseas, his time during World War II. But at the age of 94, he finally shared it with his family. And what he shared was that symboli was part of the unit that liberated the very first concentration camp. And he wrote about what he saw that day, the horror of the tortures and the killings of his fellow human beings. And he said up until that point, they really didn't have any reliable reports of the full scope of what was happening in those concentration camps. He later reflected that you often don't recognize a life-changing moment when you're in the middle of it. It's only later that that hits you, that that changed my life. And that's what happened to him. He said, walking into that camp that day permanently changed me. I want to read for you a couple of his actual words of reflection. Here's what he said. He said, I saw everything that war does to people. Fear, rage, guilt, barbarism. By the grace of God, I made it through, for the most part physically unscathed. But what I encountered that first day at Ordra, I still, at 94 years old, can't wrap my head around. It caused an invisible wound, unlike anything I've known, one that I struggle to put words to, even now. You see, his words, his reflections speak to the sacrifice that Symboli and other soldiers like him chose to give. His life was changed that day. A part of him was sacrificed that day that would never be the same again. I wanted to start this morning with a story of sacrifice, because though he did not lose his life, he was never the same after that. He gave part of himself for this country. The word sacrifice, it, it means to give yourself over to a greater cause. And sacrifice is fundamental to the Christian story. Now, on Memorial Day, we often think about the sacrifices that others made for us. And most of us will not be called to sacrifice so fully in that way. But, because of our Christian faith, all of us are called to sacrifice in some way. What the scripture calls this sacrifice that all of us are called to is sacrificial love. You see, it's a different way to love. It's a different way to live, and it requires us to live sacrificially. And so, in honor of Memorial Day, that's what I'd like to study in the scriptures today, is what is sacrificial love? And as Christians, how do we embrace that? How do we live like that? So we're going to study Jesus' words 
that come from John chapter 15. Because in these words, Jesus describes this type of love. We're going to begin in verse 12 of chapter 15, when Jesus says, My command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Okay, imagine for a moment if Jesus simply said, love one another, and then left it at that. Well, we'd probably go, oh, okay, yeah, sure, I want to love one another. How do I do that? How do I begin to really love other people? But thankfully, Jesus didn't just leave it at that. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Yes, we must start with God's love. Because God's love is our greatest teacher as to what it actually means to love. John explores this concept in his later letters as well. The letter of 1 John, he says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And later, we love because God first loved us. So do you see where love begins? Love begins in God. God is the source of true love. And it's only when we fully realize that, when we fully embrace the love that comes from God, that we can then turn around and go and love one another. It's like you're filled to the brim with the love of God, and then it overflows out of you into the world, into your relationships. That's how we are called to love, starting with God and then spreading out of us from there. I want you to imagine for a second, knowing deep within your soul that you are loved. Okay, let's just pause there for a second and really start working your imaginations. And just imagine that you, as a person, are deeply loved and that there's nothing you can do to lose that love. And there's nothing you had to do to earn that love. And that the love that you have is not conditional. It's not based on any conditions of what you believe, or how you behave, or who you are. You are simply loved. Well, friends, we don't have to imagine that. That is true, because that's the love that God has for us. It says, God first loved us. Before we could earn it or deserve it in any way, God simply showed us love. And it's because of that that we can then turn around and love one another. You can see we're beginning to scratch the surface of what real love looks like, aren't we? Well, this is how Jesus begins his teaching. Love one another as I have loved you. But then he goes on. His next verse says this. He says, there is no greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So what is the greatest expression of love? Sacrifice, or as we're calling it today, sacrificial love, is the type of love that Jesus calls us to. And it's the type of love that Jesus chose to show us as an example for us in our lives. I mean, that's the story of the gospel, isn't it? That Jesus freely gave himself for us. That when the world demanded everything from him, it demanded his very life, 
And Jesus freely said, I'm giving it all to you. I'm going to sacrifice myself all out of love for this world. God so loved the world, right? We see this concept in John, right? He's talking about what real love looks like through Jesus' sacrifice. But it's not just in John that we read this. All of the biblical authors tried to wrap their minds around what it meant that Jesus allowed himself to die on the cross. They said, what what does it mean that Jesus actually sacrificed himself for the world? And so Paul picks up on this thought as well in a later part of the scriptures in his letter to the Romans. And here's how he came to understand that sacrifice. He said, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is no greater love than the type of love that Jesus showed us. Now, Jesus is not asking you to physically lay down your life, but Jesus is asking you to follow in this example of sacrificial love. This is the type of love that Jesus loved us with and asks all of his followers to love the rest of the world with as well. So let's think about if we're doing that. Are we loving in a sacrificial way? Well, to kind of get to the heart of that, let me ask you a question that we can reflect on. Do others see Christ through the way that you choose to love? Right, so when you love, when you have an act of love, are others seeing Christ in that act? Well, maybe the next time your spouse wants to watch a TV show that you absolutely hate, You say, yeah, I would love to watch that with you. Absolutely. It might feel like a sacrifice. Or how about the next time your child wants to read a book for the hundredth time, and you say, really, you have a whole bookshelf, but you want to read this one again? You say, sure, yes, I would love to read that with you. And you read it like you're reading it for the very first time. Or maybe when your friend comes up to you, and says, guess what? I found a new house. I'm moving. Are you free to help me move? And you look at your calendar and go, ooh, yeah, no, I can't make that day, because who really likes moving? But then instead you say, oh, no, I'm going to rearrange some things. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to help you move. All of these are tiny sacrifices, right? They are little sacrifices, but they help us practice. They help us practice loving one another in a sacrificial way so that it's not all about us and my wants and my needs, but it's others-focused. This is the path of love that Jesus is setting out for each of us to follow. Okay, so we have this path, this path of sacrificial love. And what Jesus goes on to say next, in the next verse— is that when we start walking that path, it's going to change how we view ourselves and one another. Okay? I want you to look for the theme of friendship in this next verse. 
Verse 14, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Again, the command of living sacrificially. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So Jesus just said that the greatest type of love is to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then in the next verse, he turns around and says, and you are my friends. Yes, you are the ones that Jesus chose to lay down his life for. And I want to highlight one specific attribute that Jesus draws out of the type of friend he is. Jesus says, because you're my friends, I no longer view you as servants. Because servants are given only a limited amount of information, aren't they? Right? You're told, oh, do this or, or clean that. But Jesus says, I don't view you as servants anymore. I view you as friends. And what do you share with your friends? You know, those that you know you can trust. Those that you've been with through the journey of life for years. That sort of friendship, there's nothing you hold back from that person, is there? Jesus says this is how he treats us. To our surprise, Jesus says, I am sharing with you everything that I've learned from the Father because you are my friends. What that means is that all of the teachings of Jesus that are found in the scripture, these are things that Jesus learned from the Father that now he shares with us because we're his friends. Now, Jesus didn't have to. Jesus didn't have to share with us how to live, how to think, how to love, but Jesus did. And that's one reason that we gather on Sunday mornings and we spend so much time really walking through these words, studying the specifics of what Jesus said because they are a gift to us. They've been given to us, these words by God, so that we may know how to live. And so we cherish them, don't we? Communally, when we come together. Yes, Jesus wants you to see yourself as you're walking this path of sacrificial love as a deep friend to God and to one another. And then here's how Jesus concludes this teaching on love. The next verse says this. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Again, God loved us first, right? And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love one another. Did you notice how Jesus bookends the commands or this whole teaching with the same command, right? It started with love one another as I have loved you, and now it ends with Jesus saying love one another. So I hope you're seeing the intense theme here that Jesus truly is trying to teach. But again, we don't want this to simply be a general principle, because I'm pretty sure that you knew before walking into church this morning that you should love one another, right? There's nothing shocking about that teaching. But we're getting into the specifics. 
based on this teaching of Jesus, how do we love one another? That's what I want you to walk out of this room really understanding today. Well, I want to highlight one thing, one area that I believe we can really do to love others based on what we just learned from Jesus. I think one of the best things that we can do in love is to view other people as friends. Now here's, here's what I mean by that. We see in this scripture, this teaching, that friendship is a very strong theme because we're more likely to love sacrificially those that we consider friends, right? You'll do anything for your friends. Your acquaintances, maybe not, but your friends, absolutely. And so Jesus is, is really proposing, what if we view everyone as friends because of God and because of God's love for us? Now, I'm going to make a big statement here that I really believe in, and it's this. I believe a church like Unity is the very best place in all of society to practice treating others as friends. And here's what I mean by that. A congregation like Unity is incredibly diverse. I mean, every Sunday, you're going to sit in the pews next to people who are different than you. Not everyone in this church interprets the Bible in the same way. Not everyone in this church will vote in the same way. Not everyone in this church worships in the same way, and that is by design. It's because church is one of the few places in society where different people can come together and treat one another as friends, regardless of their differences. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed this, but our society has become very divided, hasn't it? And we become divided into groups that think like us. Because it's more comfortable to be around people that think exactly like us and believe exactly like us. But when you become divided, and, and when you segment yourself off, I mean, the term for that is you become an echo chamber. Because what you think and what you believe is just echoed right back to you. And when that happens, you're missing something. Because the country that we live in is beautifully diverse with the amount of different opinions and thoughts and beliefs. Unity is not an echo chamber. No, we are a congregation. And when we gather together, literally when we congregate, we do so for one common purpose. And it's a purpose that unites each and every one of us as we sit in those pews. It's the purpose to worship together our risen Lord. And that common purpose is something that can unite all people. Every other difference is a difference that's below that one common purpose of worshiping our Lord and Savior together. And in church, we get to practice that. And we get to view one another truly, as friends, because that is how God made us to be. Can you imagine if the rest of the country, even the rest of the world, treated one another as we seek to treat one another here in the church? How beautiful would that be? Now, let's be realistic here. This is not easy. 
is it? It's not easy. I mean, during the last election cycle, I heard how difficult it was to sit next to people who think so very differently than you, right? I know that because you told me how hard it was. During the summer of 2020, when our nation was experiencing this racial reckoning, it was hard to have conversations with people who thought differently than you, wasn't it? It'd be easier just to sit at home and not be engaged with those who maybe believe or think differently. But the encouragement that comes from Jesus' teaching this morning, the encouragement that comes from this text is to seek friendship. Because friendship in Christ can truly change the world. Now, it will take an extraordinary amount of work. It requires listening to one another, truly listening. It requires patience and a whole lot of grace. But godly friendship, based off of sacrificial love, I believe is what the world desperately needs today. And a church like Unity can be an example of God doing that through this community. May it be so. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.